0: Welcome to Pursuing Biblical Masculinity, a podcast where we explore God's Word to uncover the disciplines we need to live out our faith. Our goal is to help men not just know scripture, but also to be able to put it back into practice. So whether you're a longtime believer and you're looking for ways to grow deeper in your relationship with Christ, or you're new to the faith and want to build on that foundation, you're in the right place. So we've been working our way through the Sermon on the Mount, and we've been in this section where Jesus is Basically comparing and contrasting the things that are being taught by the Pharisees uh, and by the religious rulers of the time and what God's original intent was with the law. We've talked about the importance of the law, that that the law is in and of itself, not a bad thing. These are commandments given from God and that Christ is the only one who could perfectly fulfill that law. So he naturally is the best one to actually explain these things to us. And today we find ourselves in chapter 5, specifically looking at verses 31 through 32. And in this section, Jesus is talking about divorce. Now, in our culture today, divorce is seen as a norm, uh, not just in the secular world, but also in the church. While this idea that the Christian divorce rate is the same as the secular divorce rate is false, divorce is still more prominent than it should be. Let's quickly just look at the facts. Uh, you've probably heard it said that 50% of marriage is into divorce. Well, that's not 100% true. That's not really based on it's hard data. The real divorce rate is actually about 33%. And in the Christian church, we're actually 35% less likely to get divorced if we're actively engaged in a Christian church. I think all of us in one way or another have been impacted by divorce, either personally or through people that we know. But for us to really get a better understanding of what Jesus is talking about when it comes to divorce, we have to back up and we actually have to look at marriage. We have to understand and really grasp what marriage is and why marriage is so important in and of itself. God instituted marriage between a husband and a wife in Genesis chapter two, verses 24. It was a joining together of both male and female two individuals becoming one, so that together they could fulfill the commission that God gave them over the earth. It says in Genesis chapter two, verse 24, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Well, Adam and Eve, they didn't have a mother and the father, right? They were created, but God right now is laying down the importance of marriage and the importance of the man and the wife coming together being one, being one flesh, and then going out and fulfilling God's call for them. It's a significant event in the creation narrative. So God brings life in Adam, and then he brings Adam and shows him all the animals, and has Adam name them, And, and Adam goes through them, and it's like, there's not a helper fit for me. And then God put Adam to sleep, and out of Adam, out of his rib, he creates for him Eve, a helper suitable for him. And that word helper is a is a very important word. It's not someone that just does stuff for Adam, but someone who works with Adam to help Adam achieve the commission that God gave him. It's a very significant role. Marriage is this deep, a uh, deeper connection, this picture that really represents our relationship to Christ. Uh, Dr. Beale points out in his book, A New Testament Biblical Theology, that the marriage relationship of Adam and Eve and all their progeny appears to have been established as a kind of shadow, to point to the consummation in time relationship of God and his bridal people. We're seeing already in chapter two of Genesis, a foreshadowing of what's going to take place in Revelation 21, where we see the fulfillment of this shadow. You can see in the light of this, God has a very high view on marriage and he does not take this covenant lightly, but we're fallen people. And oftentimes we have a very low view on marriage. We don't understand the depths of this covenantal relationship. And we think that marriage is about us, that it's about making us happy. We need to have somebody that makes us happy, that enjoys us, that gives our life meaning and purpose, and that the goal of our marriage ultimately becomes ourselves and our own satisfaction. And that's why we often get divorced or we get in these bad relationships or we have these deep struggles because we're trying to get out of marriage something that only God can give us. And that our marriage between us and our spouse is ultimately meant to bring glory to God. When we love, when we serve the Lord, and we do the things that God has called us to do in marriage and fulfill those roles, yes, we should enjoy our spouse, we should love our spouse, we should enjoy spending time together, but if our goal is getting that other person to love me, and maybe me getting fulfillment out of them, we're, we're off base. If our goal is, is loving our wives because we wanna bring glory to God, that's where the blessing comes in. Our personal happiness and fulfillment sets us up to fail. We end up justifying our sins, we blame the other person, and it makes divorce an easier option. Now, I want to be very clear, like, if you've been divorced, I'm not condemning you. Everything I've described above about making marriage about ourselves, I've, I've fallen into. But I do want us to see the world from a biblical perspective. And I do want us to be able to see it from the eyes of Christ, so that we can live our lives according to his word. So in Matthew chapter 5, verses 31 and 32, this is what Jesus says. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So during this time, there was two different main schools of teaching in the Jewish world. Uh, Some interpreters, they interpreted rightly and say, divorce is prohibited unless there is adultery. But a lot of the teachers at the time were saying, pretty much you can divorce your wife for any reason, any uncleanliness is what they would say. So if your wife was disagreeable or offensive to you, you could just say, well, I'm going to divorce you and get a new wife. Again, it was all about the human heart, what we wanted. It was these external factors. And Jesus was like, frivolous divorce is not the design. That's not what God designed. The only legitimate excuse or the only legitimate reason is sexual sin, adultery because it breaks trust at a very deep level. It cuts to the core of that relationship. Jesus expands on this teaching in Matthew chapter 19, verses four through nine. He answered them, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And he said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together let not man separate. They said to him, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and send her away? And he said, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. God never intended for our marriages to be absolved. Yes, it happens. There is forgiveness for when we fail. But God desires for us to work out our marriages, work out our issues, uh, to love each other, even in the midst of the craziness of two different people uh, trying to come together. And the New Testament is full of advice for husbands and wives. And for us men, Ephesians 5 is something that we really need to take heart. We need to understand the role that we have as husbands. It's a very, very high role, a very important role, and a role that, uh, that is very hard for us to do. In fact, we cannot do without the Lord. Uh, But it also teaches us what to do when we have unbelieving spouses. First Corinthians chapter seven talks about that. Having an unbelieving spouse is not grounds for divorce. God sees marriage in a very, very uh, serious light. That's a very, very deep covenant relationship. Even in sexual morality, I think that God really wants us to seek restoration, just like he's done with us. If we look back all through the Old Testament, Israel time and time again prostituted itself to other gods, committed adultery to other gods. Uh, The entire book of Hosea is, is really showing us that in a very clear view where he calls Hosea essentially marry a prostitute and woo her back. And this is a representation of God wooing us back even though we whore ourselves out to the things of this world time and time again. I'm not saying that this is easy. It's not. It's extremely hard and painful. We are called to love sacrificially, even when our spouses may not be living up to the call that God has given them. But that's not our job. That's between them and God. Our job is to be, our job is to follow through and fulfill the call that God has given us. And we have to take our wedding vows seriously. And unfortunately, this is something that I didn't really understand for a long time. Thankfully, my wife has a forgiving heart and seeking restoration. And God was able to do an amazing healing as we work for years and continue to work today on building and establishing a Godly marriage that reflects the way that God has intended marriage to be. Because for us, we didn't want divorce to be an option. We wanted our marriage to honor God, uh, to glorify God, and to really show our children what it looked like to have a God centered marriage. Now, none of this is easy and I don't even pretend to say it's easy. It's actually really difficult. The hardest thing you'll do in your life is be married. So how do we apply these things knowing that the Bible teaches on divorce, knowing that divorce happens, knowing that some of you listening to this may have experienced divorce or been through divorce. What do we do with this today? Well, if you're married, I want you to begin to think about your marriage right now and what is the ultimate goal for you in your marriage. Are you looking for your spouse, your wife to fulfill personal needs? Or are you looking to glorify God? And if you're not married, but you're looking that way and you want to be married, I want you to begin to ask yourself, why? Are you looking to marriage to fulfill something that should only be filled in God? Or do you want a marriage that's going to display the glories of God? And lastly, I want you to spend some time in Ephesians 5, verses 25 through 33. This, this lists out what a man is called to in marriage. I want you to meditate on these verses. And I want you to write them out. What are the things that we are called to do as men? And as you look at that list, I want you to give that list back to God and ask him to teach you how to do these things, to enable you to do the things that he's called us to do, because they are hard on purpose, because they are things that we cannot do on our own that we have to give to the Lord. And I believe if we can begin to show to the world God's intent for marriage, we can slowly win back this battle because marriage is instituted by God. It's an amazing picture of how He uh, responds to us, His covenant people, and how one day we will be united with Him in eternity. Marriage is not a construct that the world created. It is something that is designed and created by God for His glory, and divorce is trying to destroy that. And we, as believers, as men of God, need to fight back if this is an area in your life where maybe you're struggling and you need a partner to walk you through, a friend, a man, a mentor that walks you through the struggles of marriage, uh, I want to invite you to a free discovery session where we can sit down and talk and see if maybe coaching and mentorship is a good fit for you. If you want to learn more about this, you can sign up today for your free discovery session at reformedandredeemed.org.